0: even smarter. In a recent episode, we talked about how to unlock your quick brain by hacking your sleep because when you don't get the sleep, you need it impairs your attention, alertness, concentration, reasoning, problem solving, and especially your memory. If you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend you do that first. Now, the episode was so popular that I wanted to bring back to you our expert, Sean Stevenson to answer your burning questions that you posted in our private quick brain podcast community on Facebook. If you're not a member of our private Facebook group, make sure you search and request to join or go to quickbrain.com for a direct link. It's where you get links to show notes, live trainings, post questions for future episodes, and much more. So let's jump right into it with best selling author of Sleep Smarter, creator of Model Health Show, and the recent speaker at our Quick Brain Conference, Sean Stevenson. So Sean, what do people do? We had a question from someone in our Facebook group asking, what do I do when I wake up in the middle of the night? Should I just lie there and I can't fall back to sleep? What do you what do you recommend?
1: Yeah, so this is this is person dependent. You know, this is gonna depend on you. I could tell you what not to do. We do not want to get on your devices, all right? Because we've already this is well established in our culture that uh you know the the light spectrum coming from our device and also the activation of dopamine and all these things that can kind of stimulate us so that's not a good idea uh what we can do is this is a great place to have a little bit of a meditation practice because crazy enough through meditation you can get into some of these different stages brain waves uh frequencies that correlate with sleep right it's not necessarily the same thing but it's very close. It's like you know, a girl gets a really fancy like uh, coach bag, and then you got one that's a, a little bit of a knockoff, but you no, know, it and you never know, right? So that's one way to go about it is uh, doing a meditation practice where you know you're allowing your body to get into the alpha and theta and potentially delta sleep if you're advanced meditator. So that's what I would recommend people doing, um, and also we want to look at. If this is happening, there's two potential issues that I generally looked at clinically. Number one was deficiency, you know, deficient in certain key nutrients that, you know, we've already uh, are covering here in this episode. Uh, So making sure that they're not deficient and making sure that their uh, hormones are operating in the right way. So for people, it's generally going to be cortisol doing the wrong thing cortisol and melatonin not being optimized so we do things to help those things get sorted out another potential issue which is kind of weird could be some kind of an infection uh parasite infection bacterial infection viral infection can be kind of messing with somebody's uh sympathetic nervous system so that's another thing to look at so i look at moving removing the cause rather than like trying to figure out what to do when you get up if that makes sense
0: i like that a lot what about, so if someone, you know, be tested for Lyme or mold and all those things that could be contributing to people
1: waking up. Yeah. And I'd recommend working with an integrative physician on this. So somebody who can look at the bigger picture and not just look at your blood work as just like, it's so cut and dry, but to be able to look at your blood work and hormone panels and see that it tells a story and have some uh, better investigation on where to look for change.
0: Okay. So let's go, let's go into this because we had another question when we we're talking about the environment um, and obviously getting rid of pollutants and such EMFs or mold and all that. Um, somebody was asking about the ideal sleep environment. Like what, Sean, what is, what does your bedroom look like? Is, is it optimized for sleep? Is it different than other people's
1: bedrooms you think? Yeah. You know, I recommend people to create their own personal sleep sanctuary. You know, somebody, some, somewhere that you can go that, that you're creating this neural association, number one, wherever you're going in your house or in your life, there's a pattern that's taking place. Your brain is always creating connections and looking to optimize behaviors. And so if you're going into your bedroom and it's the entertainment hub of your house where you've got your TV or maybe you're doing your work and that kind of thing, even if your intention is to go to sleep, your brain is going to be lighting up in certain areas for you to turn the TV on, you know? So an ideal situation, you know, we want to take the entertainment stuff out of our bedroom and just reserve it for the things that a bedroom should be used for, you know, sleep and sex primarily, you know, and keeping all that other stuff in a different place in your, you know, your apartment or your home or whatever the case might be. And also uh, an ideal situation depends on where you live. But if there is what we're now dubbing light pollution coming in through external um, sources, so street lamps, porch lights, cars that are going up and down your street with the LEDs that are coming into your bedroom, that can actually disrupt your sleep quality. it might sound like, well, that's not a big deal. And I used to think that until I saw the study from Cornell University, and they had the individual to sleep in an otherwise dark room, and they put a fiber optic cable and a light the size of just a quarter behind their knee. And that was enough to disrupt their sleep cycles, that their body actually picked that data up and started to change what's happening with their brain waves. So our skin picks up light, too. So getting an eye mask is cool, but you want to really get your room as dark as possible. So getting rid of that uh, external light pollution is going to be something that's really helpful. And, you know, we could do like a whole episode just talking about creating a sleep sanctuary, but there's some real basic things people can consider for this. You recommend blackout curtains? If they live in a kind of an urban or suburban environment where they are exposed to that. But if somebody lives in an area where it's just like some moonlight, stars, that kind of thing, we've evolved with that. So the lux, the luminous the power of that lighting is very different from what we would get from even a weak LED that's shining in through your bedroom. So if, Interesting. You, if you're in those kind of environments, blackout curtains for sure. If not, just, you know, you could even keep the curtains open. You know, it's it's not about... Uh, natural light. It's the unnatural light that we have not evolved to, to be able to handle right now. And then
0: the last question that we have is about travel. A lot of our listeners, they're all over the world, like, like yours. And they're always at, you know, they're, they're on planes and they're sleeping in unfamiliar hotel rooms or something to that nature. A couple of uh, travel hacks to reduce whether it's a uh, jet lag or it's just helping optimize their sleep when they're in a new environment.
1: Those are things that you recommend they travel with. Oh my goodness. This is another huge topic, but uh, just some key points here. I would, it's all about being proactive and not reactive. And you know this, you talk about this. So when I'm coming, I'm coming prepared to create my sleep sanctuary. You know, I'm ideally looking for, um, you know, I'm bringing along like this little blue tape that I bring along with me. If there's like, because even the, the light that's shining from when you plug your computer in that little Mac light, the little green light, you could read a book by that light, you know? And so I'll like stick little tape on those things. And you know, um, it's kind of, it's one of those weird things that I do, but it just, you know, it also, there's a part of this that uh is is mental as well for sure um but sometimes when i'm traveling like some of those lights are really pretty strong and green light does actually have an influence uh by the way uh red light not so much is kind of negligible and this was harvard research by the way that i'm talking about and which i think you're there right now um, but the bottom line is these small lights can affect you so i you know i will put a little tape on those kind of things um but also you know Ideal. Most nice, nicer hotels, they have blackout curtains, that kind of thing. Um, but also I kind of reset. And so I get adjusted to that time zone before I leave for the time zone. So if I know that the, the hours are going to change, so I'll try a day or two before, I'm sorry, two or three days before to change my sleep schedule a little bit. So if I need to go to bed a little bit earlier, maybe try and stay up a little bit later, if that makes sense. So I'll pre-change my, my sleep schedule. So I'm just not like, bow, just put into it. And also what I recommend, this is a spot case where you can use something like melatonin as well. Uh, according to the research, this is something where if you're using melatonin, uh, and there's a, I st- cited this study in Sleep Smart, it's not the best idea to use it consistently, you know, like a daily thing or a nightly thing, because it down-regulates your receptor sites for melatonin. So what I thought was, and based on some of the other experts that I would talk to, is that taking an, an exogenous melatonin, which your body produces it, it might trick your body into not producing it itself anymore, but that's not the case. What it does do is reduce the function of the receptor site. So even though you're producing melatonin, your body can't use it as, as well. And so we don't want to take melatonin long-term. And so what I recommend is in spot cases, if you're traveling, changing time zones, you've had a cu- maybe a couple rough nights of sleep. And I like sprayable or liquid forms because it absorbs much more efficiently. It doesn't go through the digestive process. Um, so like sublingual, like spray under your tongue, that kind of thing. And so I'll do that uh, when I travel, definitely bring that along with me. And uh, there's just a couple of tips there. There's so many more that we can discuss, but um, this, these are all simple strategies that anybody can employ. And I just want to make one point of just because you can buy melatonin at you know your local drugstore does not mean that it's safe to take, right? We have to be more careful and adamant about the supplements that we're taking and do a little bit of research on our own. You know, any of us can go to Dr. Google for a consultation and not just take for granted that, hey, you know, this is here, let me take this to help my sleep. But look at the, what's going on behind the scenes. And also, there are other things that you can use that are much safer to use long term.
0: Want to double your brain speed and memory power?